0: Well, good morning and uh, welcome. So many times I forget. I want to welcome all the visitors. And uh, it's good, glad you're here. And I have had such an, uh, may I say, an exciting weekend. Minutes. Saturday, having staying focused on the topic of being salt of the earth, and then uh, we uh, went to a little birthday party for little Anthony and had a good time there. Then, uh, but last night, I just want to say. I truly believe we have the most awesome group of youth in the world. And I'm, I'm excited, may I say this, that I'm excited for the future. Because seeing what is coming, they are the church of today. We need them today but they are also for the future, and it's exciting to see what we have, and uh, just thanks be to God for that, but I just want to bless you youth. It It was such, I mean, you could even feel it just entering into the gymnasium there. It was just, I don't know, it was just a peaceful feeling walking in there and I firmly believe that it's your spirit and uh, so I want to bless you in that and may I even say regardless of your decorations they help, don't get me wrong, they help, they are neat but regardless of your decorations or the food what's really going to draw them is your spirit in the spirit of which you serve. That's what will keep them coming back. And uh, we added a couple newcomers in our table. Our table was actually all Amish. And one has asked that we sign them up for a table next year. And the other one said, remember us next year. So you're doing an awesome job. It draws them. And with the thought of salt of the earth, numerous times I had to think of that again. That sometimes we don't think about it, but you were being salt. As it penetrates, we'll get to those points then. Um, And as salt goes in, you know, when we salt the food, when when we add it after it's on the plate, then it's more distinct areas. But when we cook it into the food, it permeates and it's you can't separate it. It's just permeated in and it just blends in. And that's what I saw last night. Is how you were permeating into the community. I mean this wide array of may I say denominations maybe. Maybe even some unbelievers. That's encouraging for me. And I won't call that a rabbit trail. They're Holy Spirit trails. I'm planning, keep me accountable. Okay? I want to be accountable. They're Holy Spirit trails. As long as it's on the subject and it ties in, it's not a rabbit trail; it's the Holy Spirit trail. So keep me accountable to that. I, I think I understand why God has led me to the series of um, the Sermon on the Mount. Maybe I haven't taught you much, but I tell you, God has been teaching me a lot. Through this. I am seeing things like going through the Beatitudes that I, I just never saw before. And I take them as a lump sum rather than one at a time. And so this has been good for me. And uh, I trust, because I sense this is what God wants me to do. So I trust that you're also learning. But if not, I'm benefiting. So hopefully in that even, you'll benefit then. So we're continuing the journey through this. And uh, Matthew 5.13 is, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor or savor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. And I also did some study, research on history, and I'll get to that then. But it's interesting that they understood what Jesus was saying. Because they literally did that. Let's take note that this is an indicative uh, statement, not an imperative. What that means, it indicates um, that you are the salt of the earth. It's not you should be, or it would be nice if you would be salt. No, you are. If you are... I want to get ahead of myself. If you are the Beatitudes, if you are a disciple, and you are the Beatitudes, you are the salt of the earth, whether you like it or not. Because it will change your life. So... What does it take? I already said it's, you must be a disciple of Jesus Christ. You see, let's look at the beginning of chapter 5. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. And then he opened his mouth and taught them, the disciples saying... So he was teaching the disciples. I'm not saying the group didn't come up there then, but I see this: He was teaching, because the disciples is actually a learner. And uh, So, if we are his disciple, and we are a true follower and not just a fan of Jesus Christ. We will become the Beatitudes. Then, by that very definition, you are the salt of the earth. Maybe it's not really astonishing, but it was uh, thought provoking to me, just a reminder. There's no neutral way here. Either we are salt of the earth or we're not. We are either salt for the kingdom of God, either we are of that value, we will find out that that is one of the things of salt, of great value, or we're not in the kingdom at all, really. And I'm convinced that we can be salt and not realize it. Just by our very being of who we're around, when we're working, who we are, we can be salt. When did we do this or that? They didn't know. But what we have done to the least of these you have done unto me. Sometimes we don't even realize what we've done for someone, just with even a simple thing as a smile. That comes natural. We don't even think about it. But if that changes that person for the day or his, the rest of their life, that was salt. Preserving. So the question now is: how pure of a salt are we? Pure salt, they say, never loses its flavor. But it, when it's mixed with impurities, that's when it loses its flavor. First Corinthians 15:33. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. We, we dare not allow impurities to penetrate into our heart. See, when they mined the salt from the quarries or the pits or wherever, the sea, there was always impurities in it. But that's how they used it. And that's how it lost its flavor in time. And sometimes, when it was mined, it was so bad that it was hardly salty right when it was mined. There were so many impurities in it. And what they would do with that salt was they would throw it out on the ground on their path coming to their home. And that would harden the ground there. And that was how they would have their instead of concrete. They actually threw it out and they trampled on it by foot. They trod it on it. So they knew exactly what Jesus was saying. I thought it was kind of interesting if we understand some of the history, what happened. We wouldn't think about it to sprinkle salt on the ground so it gets hard. I wouldn't have known that. And so it is with our lives. We cannot be mixed, a mixture of impurities. We have to be uncompromised, pure, and authentic. Our inconsistent lives Repel people from church. Young fathers, or even mothers, if you want to offend or turn away your children, live an inconsistent life. That's the quickest way you can do it. When you live a double life, you have this good facade on a Sunday. but you're a wolf at home. It's by the grace of God that you'll save your children, that you don't lose them all. It's a very fast way to just actually destroy your children. We must be consistent. May I even say That I'm a believer of when Christ comes in and we become a new creature, is there a double standard? When it truly, truly happens. You see, more and more I'm seeing that there's such a vast amount of superficial faith they never really are born again. It may be the sinner's prayer, or maybe they've even had a vision, or they can have these great stories. But if it hasn't changed their life, it hasn't happened. It just hasn't happened. I'm not saying they haven't seen what they've seen, but it has not changed their heart. And that's where the change needs to be. You see, I'm going to get ahead of myself. I don't care. I'm going to go while the thoughts are flowing. If we have, let's say, the old pitcher pumps, and that water is nasty, it's just impure, it's not pure. Have you ever thought that you would paint the pump in order to get better water? That would be nonsense. Well, why do we try that as people? We need to change from the inside out. We cannot change someone just by painting them, clothing them differently. It doesn't work. And that's what's happening. They have a good shine before men. And we'll get to that example. We're coming right up to it. It's counterfeit Christianity. And Satan loves it. And it may even be <clears throat> that some of these have wonderful testimonies of what has happened and what, how God has worked here and God has worked there. I'm not here to condemn. However, let's not forget that Satan is very mighty. And he comes as an angel of light. It appears to be very, very good and real. But if you are violating Scripture, in the meantime... I'm afraid it's not from God. I question that. Maybe I'm getting too bold. Our life, this is our judge. And if my life does not measure up to this, you know, I used to say, is your walk like your talk? That's actually wrong. Does your walk line up with Scripture? That's where we need to go. Not even your talk. Because people can talk good. Turn with me to uh, Acts chapter 8. Here's an example I want to show you what I'm talking about. I'm going to start reading in verse 9. But there was a certain man called, man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip, As he preached and things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing the miracles and signs which were done. He did the right things. He believed and he was baptized. Let's continue. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen none upon none of them. <clears throat> Sorry, They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money saying, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, your money perished with you because you thought that the gift of God would come could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter. Now look at this. For your heart is not right in the sight of God. Yet he believed and was baptized. But his heart was not right with God. That's what I'm talking about. Not all belief is saving belief. See, when Christ comes in, I used to say that he will turn your life upside down, and there's even a book about the upside down world. But I want to tell you the truth. When Christ comes in, he turns your world right, or life right side up. When we're out in sin and we're lost, we're upside down. Now we're finally in the right standing. He will change us from the inside out. It's a real change. Our heart is now right in the sight of God. That's true believing faith. One more thing before I go into some of the PowerPoints. There's been some concern. If you see the trend over the past, let's say, 50 years, and I want everyone to know before I even start that I'm not really picking on the women, or whatever. This is just a testimony that I'm sharing from Costa Rica. As we know, if we look at history and to now, it's how the covering was lost. And I think we've failed to really teach well on it. Where really... I want to share a testimony. There is this man that was... Uh, um, possessed with the demons. The demons would actually speak. This was his testimony after he was converted then. There was a missionary there and uh, the missionary went to visit him and anyway, and he hated to have light, but the missionary always said, no, we've got to have light when I've got to see. And so he finally wrestled over and turned the light off and had him on the couch and he thought, the missionary thought he was going to be killed and um, he just cried out and tried to see this in the light of being salt okay? um, and he just fell limp so the missionary got up and turned the light on I'm leaving names out um, and then he actually was converted I mean he, he accepted Jesus Christ then and he was cleansed. However, there were times where he would backslide and go back in, and it's exactly how the scripture said. Every time he would go back into it, it was worse than when the time before. That's what the scripture said. I mean, if they come back and it's clean, that's where I see he would probably he didn't continue to fill. Anyway, one night he was possessed again. Why I say possessed is because the demon spoke. And it kind of gives you creepy to talk about it, but it's just the way it is. Demons are, are real. He went to the house of this missionary, trying to break in. He was just mad as could be. And he couldn't get in and his wife was inside praying. She just continued praying and praying, and he was outside yelling at her, get that rag off your head. And uh, all of a sudden, something just threw him over against the porch rail. And in the meantime, there's another lady came, also a believer, but she was not covered. Then this is what the demon said. This guy testified that it was not him speaking. The demon had said this, was... Where is your sign of authority? And maybe we should turn to it. John 10, uh, sorry, no. It's 1 Corinthians 11. Sorry, I'm not ready for this. It's a symbol of authority to the angels. Maybe I shouldn't have turned, went to it. But anyway, I'm going to read it. For this reason, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. See, that demon recognized it. So my question is, that's one way, I guess I'll make a comment first, that's one way that we can be salt. Salt. So my concern is, why do we see him getting smaller? Should they not be getting bigger? So we're, it's a sign, a symbol of authority. So the less we symbolize it, could we say, the less we have the authority? There's power in the covering. And it let her be covered. You know, I said, I don't want to sound critical, but maybe I do feel critical when these silver dollar size ornaments are on the head and thinking they're covered. Now would you go to bed at night and cover yourself that way in a 40 degree room? That's not covered. Let's understand what cover means. I don't want to be critical, but it's time we get common sense. May we say so. We're so self-focused, self-centered, we don't even see what we're doing at times. Sometimes we need to wake up. Because all counterfeit Christianity, all superficial faith is powered by self. We better get on with salt. The key is to be authentic and not a pretender. Okay, in that, in ancient Greece, they had great theatrical events in large amphitheaters. They had a design where you could hear, and James had shared that when he was going through the churches. They didn't have microphones to make their voices heard, and they didn't have cameras to magnify their images, so they invented a system. Okay? They developed large masks. And these masks looked like the characters they were portraying. Built into the masks were megaphones to amplify their voices. And the actors on stage got behind their masks, and they became somebody else, someone different from who they really were. Does anyone know what the Greeks called these actors? It was interesting. The hypocrites. That's what they were called. Are you hiding behind a mask today? Are you who you are, who we see? And if this is who we are, hiding behind a mask, we're not the salt of the earth. Our life will be inconsistent. And Sadly, there's many that their life is just merely an act. And just hoping that they'll do enough good That's, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. It was just at the time of my transition, we were leaving the Amish and my brother-in-law said that he just hopes he does enough good. That It was just, it's so sad. And I'm not putting him down, but we'll never do enough good. We'll never do enough good that we When Jesus Christ, when we're entering in, when we're by the gates of heaven, and Christ would ask you, why should I let you in? I think our our works and our deeds will appear as nothing when we're there. It's all because of what he did for me. And I accepted that. And he changed me. It's because of him and what he has done in me that he has cleansed me, he's taken my sin away, and I am pure before God because of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. You know, how would life be without Jesus? see there is no greater freedom than to live as if you have nothing to prove and nothing to be ashamed of and nothing to lose that's when Christ comes in we're sealed anyway so what does it mean to be salt enough with all that What is salt, and what does it do? Salt is refined. As Christians, we must have impurities removed from ourselves. It creates thirst. You know, there should be something about us that creates a thirst in others for that living water. We should be that drawing power. It's palatable. It adds taste to our food, and it brings out the flavor. Do we add meaning and provide a little zest and flavor to others? Salt is also essential for life. When I checked out salt, I didn't know. But no human life is possible without salt. Salt is the only trace mineral that is in every single cell of your body. You can't live without it. Without salt, the organisms would cease to function. Therefore, it's essential for life. Jesus said that he has come, that we may have life, that we may have it more abundantly. Do we show Jesus? We are essential for spiritual life on this earth. Salt is valuable. In Jesus' day, salt was a rare commodity. See, they would buy they would buy their slaves with salt or the uh, Roman soldiers were oftentimes paid with salt. And it was rationed. They could only have so much. And when the buyer of the slave was dissatisfied with his slave that he didn't work good enough or whatever, he said, you know, he's not worth his salt. That's where that phrase comes from. Where he's not worth his salt. While we're on the slaves. The slaves, and I'll forget how many years it was, like seven years or whatever. They were free. But they could choose to stay. So the uh, master would go to the doorpost in their ear and stick a all through it. And then the hole, piercing a hole in there. And that was a sign that the rest of his life he was his servant. We were also bought with a price of Jesus' blood. But when we choose to be his slave, his servant, Jesus took that piercing. We don't have to. That was a Holy Spirit thing. Didn't think about it in my notes. So praise the Lord that Christ took that pierce for me. Salt penetrates. Salt penetrates the food into which it is inserted, it permeates throughout the entire dish. You can't see it with your naked eye, and it does its work silently and it does its work very effectively. Followers of Jesus, worth their salt, will not be tooting their horn. Look what I've done. But they quietly and effectively permeate the awesome flavor of the gospel in their community. Salt also preserves and prevents. You know, to my knowledge, in Jesus' day, there were no freezers. So they would, to uh, preserve their food, especially meat, they would salt it to preserve it, and it prevents the decay. How many people Have I salted in my life? So it prevents them from decay. Where they can experience life. Save them from destruction. How well am I doing? See, salt left in the shaker is really of no value to anyone. Let's allow God to pour us out. That's the hard part, is surrendering that God can pour us out, whom he wants to salt. So in closing... What does it mean by losing its flavor or savor? Jesus used the Greek word moraino. It's to become insipid. I'll let you read the rest. So what does it mean to become insipid? So here are some of the synonyms. Flavorless. Weak, wishy washy, uninspired, uninspiring, and characterless. Do we have the character of Christ, or have we lost our flavor? We are an influence to those around us. May I take one little trail yet? As you know, we um, care for Anthony every other Sunday. That's all we, all we have him. I wish we'd have him every day. but It's amazing to see the influence. And again, please understand, I'm not tooting my horn. It's just showing the influence that we have on people. In his life, there's no prayer. He doesn't know that. I mean, that, it doesn't happen at home. When he's at a wedding with his mom, he's so unruly that she can't be in the room. But then when we have him here, it's the influence maybe of all of us. I, I don't know. But he's never caused a problem. Never. I mean, it, it's from day one. It's not a great thing we've done because we didn't. We just held him. And then at home, when we eat, he sits beside me, because 'cause I'm kind of his hero. I mean, wherever I go, I man, he just right with me. So he sits by me there, and you know, it was let's pray. Before we'd eat, and now he sits there, and it was it didn't take long till all of a sudden he started putting his hand over that I would hold his hand to pray, and that's the first thing we don't even say let's let's pray anymore. He just sits there, puts his hand out. The influence. It was, um, and that's only every other Sunday that we even see him. And I pray. I pray for him as if he'd be my son. Because when you look at the chances, it looks bleak. he has a deep love I just pray that we can continue to influence that he'll remember in years to come am I the salt of the earth because if If we are a true follower of Jesus Christ, we will be the salt of the earth. And allow God to pour us. And maybe I could just ask for the congregation as far as for little Anthony. It's just that God would choose him to be a mighty warrior for him. Some way, it's not impossible But yet, there's no teaching at home. Let's pray. Our kind Heavenly Father, thank you for challenging me again and maybe bringing life in true perspective. Father. Where we have failed, where we have been caught up in selfishness. Forgive us, Lord. And maybe where we're blind. Just open our eyes to it, Lord. As a congregation, Lord, we we truly, I, I believe I can truly say that, that we desire, Lord, to be the salt of the earth and that we penetrate the community, the nation, the world. Thank you, Lord, how you have been working in this congregation. Where families and singles have been sent out as arrows out of this congregation to penetrate the world. Father, may we continue. Just guide us, direct us, give us a vision, Lord. Show us how to be salt for you, Lord. Just teach us, Lord. We don't know everything. Father, just bless each one that has been here today. Just bless them. Strengthen each one of us, Lord. That we can continue to run that race. Father, if there is weight and sin that besets us, Lord, Show us and enable us, Lord, to lay aside that so we can continue to run that race. Because, Father, we all want to be home safe with you. And, Father, we just want to continue to pray for Anthony that he would choose life. That he would choose you. And that he would choose his destination to be heaven and accept the path. Father, we praise you and honor you. All glory belongs to you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Keith, do you want to close?